I want to thank Pastor Tom for preaching for me two weeks ago when I was suddenly uh, called to New York to be a part of uh, escorting my mom out of this life while angels came and picked her up and escorted her into the next. It was sudden, it was unexpected, and uh, Pastor Tom uh, <clears throat> uh, was more than willing to carry the load and uh, I think that Sunday, he and Pastor Steve were the only two pastors that were back from having had different bouts of uh, sickness. Uh, and Pastor Tom, I want to thank you publicly. I want to thank all the workers for doing such a great job. I finally got to hear his message. I, uh, just before I left, I was in the transition of uh, moving apartments and uh, also doing renovations uh, <clears throat> on another house and uh, so I got back and I had no internet and for a week and a half I could not listen to the sermon and I finally got to hear Pastor Tom's message and he, I think he did an excellent job. Amen. God who provides more than enough and uh, not knowing that then last week I continued on from my series where I had left off I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm 103, and we're talking about, David says, don't forget, bring to remembrance the benefits of serving God, the benefits of God. And in Psalm 103, verse 5, if we had put it up on the screen, it says, bless the Lord, all my soul. Your soul is the realm of your intellect, your reason, your logic. Sometimes our spirit needs to get hold of our brain and shake it up a little bit and get our brain into agreement and into focus with the things of God. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Everybody should be waving at me right now. You should be waving so fast and furious the temperature should be dropping by 10 degrees. David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. The soul is the realm of your intellect, your reason, your logic. It is also the realm of your emotions. When David was sad, uh, they had just, some enemies had come in the back door while he was out to war and uh, ransacked the village that they were uh, staying in. And David spoke to his soul and he said, oh my soul, come on, rejoice. You see, the natural part of us will always be leaning towards a natural fallen world, but our spirit is always leaning to the power of God and the victory that is in Christ Jesus. And we need to learn how to get out of our soul and into our spirit or to get our soul to come into agreement with our spirit. And David was a masterful leader, and uh, they say that the, the age of David's uh, leadership over Israel, they referred to it as the golden era of Israel. And David often says things like, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He would speak to his mind. He would speak to his emotions. You know, today's motivational speakers, they teach us how to uh, confess things out loud and speak to ourselves. Listen, they're not teaching anything new. They're just uh, replicating principles from the Word of God. 
David said, oh, my soul, my mind, my reason, my logic, and my emotions, come on. Get happy with God. Bless the Lord. And don't forget his benefits. So here he is. He's saying, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, everything that is in me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my mind, my memory, my intellect, my reasons, my rationale, my belief systems, my, my emotions. Rejoice and don't forget his benefits. What are the benefits of God? Well, I'm going to ask you to uh, stand with me in a moment, and we're going to read the benefits of God. David said, don't forget them. And you know why it's important that you don't forget them? Because the soul tends to go negative, but the spirit will always be positive. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus kept telling his disciples, come on, guys, can't you pray one hour? Little did they understand this was Jesus's most crucial hour and would be the world's most glorious hour. His death is our victory. His resurrection and de defeat of the powers of darkness is what has given us a salvation and a forgiveness of sin and the promise of healing and deliverance and the blessings of God. And uh, they kept falling asleep. And Jesus made this comment. The spirit is willing but the flesh keeps dragging it down. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh, the soul, keeps dragging it down. And too many Christians live life on this side of eternity, and you allow your soul to drag you down. Listen, I, I face negative things like everybody else. And I have my moments of getting frustrated and my moments of being even in despair. But I quickly turn my conscious thoughts back to the goodness of God. And it gives me reason to rejoice. And I know you know that. Every one of us have had moments where we've experienced this, that even when things have been tough, when we look to the Lord and think of what God has done, it's a pick-me-up. Amen. It's a pick-me-up. Man, when I need, you know, uh, how many of you like Tita Masu? Anybody like Tita Masu? Uh, most of you, some of you. More on this side than this side. We've got all the Italians on this side. Let me see the hands again. See what I mean. Look, most of them are on this side. All right, we're getting a few converts. All right. Uh, and Tito Masu, I told you uh, a few weeks back, it, it's a, an Italian coffee cake. And uh, it, the name means pick me up. It's a pick me up cake because it's filled with caffeine. Tito Masu, that's exactly what it means, pick me up. My greatest pick me up is when I start reflecting on the character of God. My greatest pick-me-up is when I turn to the Word of God and I start reading the promises of God. My, my, my greatest encouragement is the Word of the Lord. I got to tell you, the Word of God, the promises of God, because I know God is faithful. You know, He's not like me. I, I try to be a very faithful person. I try to be a very loyal person. But I make mistakes. But God, 
He is the epitome of faithfulness, just like he is the epitome of love, just like he is the epitome of truth. He is the epitome of faithfulness. And so whenever I need a pick-me-up, whenever my soul is dragging me down, I turn back to the Word of God and I turn back to my Father in heaven and quickly my soul comes back into agreement with my spirit and I can say, bless the Lord. The God is good. Can I get an agreement? All right, so I want you to stand with me for a moment. There you go. We don't normally do this. We stand for worship and we sit for the Word and the reading of the word, but, you know, I know some traditional churches always stand when they're reading the word. We don't normally do this, but David said, don't forget the benefits of God. Turn to two or three people and say, don't forget the benefits of God. Now turn to a few more people saying, I'm going to remind myself of God's benefits. Look, Listen, to me, the Word of God is more real than current events. Whether it's real news or fake news, I don't care. The Word of God and what God has to say is more real to me than anything I live in. That's the truth. So we're about to remind ourselves of the benefits of God. So... Put a smile on your face right now, and we're going to read from verse 3. Who forgives all my sins or iniquities. I got to read what you're reading, right? Okay. I don't want to put my back to you. Here we go. Verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquities. Do me a favor. Because David said, don't forget. Do me a favor, turn to somebody and look at them fair in the eye and say, God has forgiven me of all my messes. Come on. He really has. He really has. Do you understand the devil paints a picture of God as this white-haired guy with a long beard who's old and crotchety and all he ever wants to do is judge everybody. And yet, when God spoke to Moses, he said, I want you to build this box and put an angel on either side and put my throne in the middle. And I want you to call it the mercy seat. Do you understand that from the day that Moses did that until Jesus returns, God's still sitting on a mercy seat. And for a very short moment, somewhere in the future, he sits on the judgment seat for those that are unsaved. And then he goes back to his mercy seat. Am I changing your picture of God? Come on, say it again. Uh, who forgives all your iniquities? Next, who heals all your diseases? Next, who redeems your life from destruction? Next, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Hallelujah. Yeah, give the Lord a clap. 
Last week, we're going to repeat this one as well. Uh, can I have the next verse? There you go. Let's repeat this. Who satisfies your mouth with good things. Awesome. Do you know that more than anyone in the world, the sons of God should live with the expectation of good? If you live with the expectation of bad, then you are giving more credit to the kingdom of darkness than you are to the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. All right, you can take your seats, and we're going to rip into this. <clears throat> so last week, <clears throat> I uh, preached on who satisfies your mouth with good things, and we looked into how the Word of God literally says that from the fruit of our lips, if we speak positive things, those who love um, the power of life and death is in the tongue, and those who love that principle will eat from it. They'll benefit from it. From the fruit of his lips, a man's belly is satisfied. Not the fruit that he eats and goes beyond his lips. It says from the fruit of his lips. What do you say? I say, I'm blessed. What do you say? I say, I'm redeemed. What does that mean? You see, I used to be a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. Demons had every right in the world to beat me up, spit on me, kick me, curse me, do whatever they want. But when I gave my life to Jesus, I changed presidency. We all here in America make a big deal about voting for the right president. Let me tell you, I got the president of all presidents, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter what happens in the world around us because the world I'm living in is governed by Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I might live in a world that's going crazy, but I also live in the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ is the governor, he's the Lord, he's the king of this kingdom. Can I get an agreement? Absolutely. And so he has given me a principle. Last week I said, you know, it's like the principle of, uh, uh, of having a brand new car in your driveway. It won't do you anything unless you understand the principle of ignition and you turn the car on. And it still won't do you anything. The car will just sit there and rev and rev and rev unless you understand the principle of transmission and you put the car into gear. And even then it won't do a whole lot unless you understand the principle of acceleration and you press the pedal. God has given us the keys to life. Jesus said, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Come on, turn the ignition on. Come on, stick the transmission into drive. Come on, press the pedal. Get the word of God in your heart and project it out of your mouth. I am not going to sing the devil's songs anymore. I am not going to sing woe is me, blessed is me. I am the redeemed of the Lord. And what that means is I have been bought with the blood of Jesus and the kingdom of darkness I used to live in has no more jurisdiction over this man. 
I have been redeemed. It doesn't just mean my sins are forgiven. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus and I no longer belong to the kingdom of darkness. I am a citizen and a son of the kingdom of heaven. I'm redeemed. Those demons don't have a right over my life. They can't use me as a punching bag. I'm not gonna come into agreement with their negativity. Greater is the one who lives in me than the master of this world who is filled with darkness. Jesus Christ in me is the hope of glory and victory, hallelujah. When I say I am redeemed, I'm not just thinking about the fact that my sins are forgiven. When I say I'm redeemed, it reminds me. I've been bought out of that kingdom and there isn't a demon in hell, not even Satan himself, has the right of authority over the blood of Jesus. We are children of God. And he loves us. And that's why... David says, come on, don't forget the benefits of God. Sometimes Christians are among the most negative in the world. And we have every reason to be the most happy. We have the most reason to be joyful. If God is for me, Paul says, who's gonna be against me? Now you gotta remember, this is coming from a guy who had been stoned and almost left for dead several times. But guess what? He'd get back on his feet. He'd go into the next city and have another revival. And he says, if God is for me, who's gonna stop me? Who's gonna take me out? You know, we get worried about these little problems here and there, and some of them are big. But friend, let me tell you, every big problem is not even a little problem when you put it in God's hands. Absolutely. And so David says to us today, May believe King David is preaching to us. This is the master of strategies. This is the master of war. This is the man who raised Israel up and gave it a reputation that during that period, that was the golden age of Israel. In fact, most Hebrews look forward to David's descendant, their Messiah, who they believe hasn't come yet, so that he will restore the glory and the golden age of Israel. Let me tell you something. That Yeshua, that Messiah, that anointed one has come. And I'm living in that golden age right now. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? Absolutely. Forget none of the benefits of the Lord. So it says here, and we read this last week, who satisfies your mouth with good things from the fruit of your lips. Speak the word of God and your belly will be filled with good things. Confess the promises of God. But I didn't read the second half of verse five last week. And I'm gonna read the second half of verse five now because I'm gonna preach on it. So give me the second half of verse five it says, who satis, no, I mean, thank you for the compliment, but I wrote that, that wasn't actually scripture. It was inspired by the Holy Ghost, but all right, let me read it from my notes while they're trying to find it. <clears throat> it says, who satisfies you 
your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like that of an eagle. Listen to this again. And David says, don't forget God's benefits. Sometimes the church forgets. I forget. And I need people to prod me and remind me. I need preachers on TV. I need books to remind me. I need to get in the word of God and let the spirit of God remind me. It says he satisfies your mouth with the fruit of good things so that your youth is renewed. Hallelujah. What a good thing. Uh, renewed like the eagle. Have we found that yet, guys? I don't see it on the screen. It's in the Bible. I promise. <laughs> All right. The computer's not agreeing with them today, obviously. Verse 5, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You see, God wants to please you. He wants to bless you with good things. When your prayers are answered, it does three things. Number one, let's go to this, Omar. Number one, when your prayers are answered, number one, it invigorates your faith. There we go. When your prayers are answered, it invigorates your faith. You have faith in faith. Your faith is encouraged. Wow, this really does work. Number two, it regenerates your strength. You're encouraged. When prayers are answered, it's like a drink of fresh water. It renews your youth. So David says, don't forget this benefit, guys. God will bless the fruit of your lips. What are you speaking? What fruit is coming out of your life? out of your lips. Sour lemons? If you speak sour lemons, you will get a whole orchard of lemon trees. But if you're speaking fruit that are sweet, you will be blessed by confessing and coming into agreement with the word of God. And David says God does this because when your prayers are answered, when you're blessed, when things are happening and the heavens are breaking open for you, it renews your strength like that of an eagle. God wants you to be blessed. So we're going to let some fruit come out of our lips for a moment. I want everyone to repeat after me. I belong to Jesus. And I am in him, and he is in me. And he is victorious, and he overcomes everything. And I am in him, therefore I am victorious. And through him, I overcome everything. And Jesus is blessed. Let's stop for a moment. Can we theologically agree Jesus is blessed? Where are you? You're in Jesus. And where is Jesus? He's in you. And Jesus is blessed. What are you? Yeah. I'm blessed. You say, 
We need to let the word of God come out of our mouth so that our belly, our life will be filled with the fulfillment of God's promises. Amen. You see, God wants to bless you. He wants good things to happen to you. He wants your youth to be renewed like that of an eagle. I'm going to put up another verse. We're going to jump from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We're going to listen to Jesus himself. Jesus is getting ready to go to heaven. He's about to leave his disciples. They're a little bit nervous. And we're going to read from John chapter 15. John 15, starting verse 7, and we're going to read verse 8. And Jesus said to his disciples, how many of you here are a disciple of Jesus Christ? All right, he's talking to you. Charles, he's talking to you. Isn't that good? He's talking to you. He's talking to you. This is what he said. If you remain in me and my words remain in you. Wow. Last week we read that from the fruit of my lips, my belly will be filled. Jesus said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. The fruit that comes out of your mouth need to be the positive blessings and promises of God. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now look at what he says. This is to my Father's glory. It's to God's glory when we ask and we get answers from heaven. God wants to answer you. God wants to bless you. God is on your side. He didn't die for you, face hell, beat the living daylights out of hell only to come back to heaven so he could beat the living daylights out of you. Come on, he's your dad, he loves you, he's on your side. And Jesus said to his disciples, if you remain focused on me, if you remain in me, if you let me be the focus of your life and you keep my words in your mouth, <laughs> ask whatever you wish and it'll be done. Why? Because it's to my Father's glory that you are blessed. Read it. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit. God is glorified when his kids are doing well. Listen, I'm a dad, all right? I'm 62 years old. And uh, when my daughter Amber recently bought um, a townhouse and she went from being a renter to an owner, I was so proud of her. I was happy for her. And as she prospers, I am happy for her. I want my kids to be blessed. My son Robbie just recently talked about a job opportunity that's open for him. He got an internship in uh, two consecutive top-notch at marketing companies. And he's all excited. I am so happy for him. When Stephen and Amy do well, I get delirious. I'm thrilled as a dad. I am genuinely happy for them. And yet at times I could be a crotchety old man. 
I have that capability. So as a human with some defects who hasn't been completely perfected, if I take great joy in my kids prospering, what do you think about your father in heaven who has no human defects? Come on. This is Jesus talking. Do I need to remind you? Jesus is God. Jesus is God. He said, if you remain in me, stay focused in me. Come on. Let your life be about me. If you remain in me and my words are in your mouth, we only read this last week, from the fruit of a man's lips, his belly's gonna be filled. If you got a bellyache, you've been belly aching too much from your mouth. Speak the word of God, speak life. So Jesus says, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, ask what you wish and it will be done for you this is my father's joy. This is his glory. When his sons on earth are in that faith mode and they're asking and they're receiving, God gets to show off his sons to the world and it brings God glory. He wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to be blessed. Uh, would you play it back for us? Because I, I think we're missing it in translation somewhere. Do you understand? God gets giddy. God gets happy. If you pray and, and you believe and, 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 and he answers and you start getting blessed, God wants to see you fruitful. It gives him great joy. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit Showing yourselves to be my disciples. We think bearing fruit only relates to us doing work for Jesus. Look at this from a father's perspective. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, we got relationship here. You can ask whatever you want and I'll do it for you. And dad will be proud and happy and joyful that you're being blessed. He wants you to bear a lot of fruit so that the world will see this special relationship that you are my disciples, that you're my sons. Amen. You see, we understand God gets glory if we pray for someone and the sick get healed. And we understand that. We witness to someone and they ask Jesus in their heart and they get saved. We understand that God gets glory. But God also wants to be able to show off the relationship he has with his kids. And he wants you to be blessed more than anything and more than anyone. And he wants you to prosper. He wants the world to see the relationship that he has with you and the relationship you have with him. And too often times, we have it wrong here. He didn't come to judge me. He didn't come to condemn me. He came to have relationship with me. He came to love me. He came to have fun with me. He walks with me. If I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death, he's going to be right there holding my hand, breathing life into me. Absolutely. 
Are you believing this this morning? Absolutely. I believe it with all of my heart. You see, this is all about relationship. I think I have a great relationship with my kids. I, I, I know they respect me, even though I'm not perfect. I know my kids love me deeply, and they respect me. And I love them tremendously. Stephen is my son by marriage. And I love this guy like he's my own blood. I tell him sometimes, Stephen, I, I will never replace your biological dad, and nor do I try to. But I want you to know I love you like my son. And I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him and Amy. I'm proud of Amber. I'm proud of Robbie. And I want to see them blessed. That's the same with God and you. He loves you. He wants to see you blessed. Wow. Unfortunately, we live in a culture that is very non-relational. We live in a culture that hasn't put emphasis on relationships. And therefore, some of these things, they're fundamental building blocks to life, and they're non-existent in society, and too often they're non-existent in the church. We're not relational enough in life. We don't see life through relationship. We see life through goals. My goal is to love greatly. My, my goal is to love people, to build relationships, to care for people. We set things as goals, achievements as mild markers. And so we see life through a very materialistic viewpoint. God sees life through people, one person at a time, relationships. And so, because we live in a very non-relational culture, we want to grab and go. And so, sometimes with God, we fall into the same rut, and we want to pray a prayer and grab the answer and go. But I want to take you back to what Jesus said. As he said, it's to your Father's glory. He wants you to bear much fruit so that the world will see you're his disciples. He wants your prayers answered, whether it's prayers for salvation, prayers for a healing, prayers for a miracle, or prayers for a promotion and a job. He wants to be able to show off the special relationship he has with you. I mean, that's what it says. But we live in such a, grab-and-go culture, a non-relational culture, that it affects us even in the church, and we want to pray a prayer and grab the answer and run. But if we go back to John 15, it's all based in relationship. Look, John 15, verse 4 to 11. Let's put it up there. God wants your strength to be renewed like that of an eagle. He wants you to be invigorated. He wants you to be encouraged. He wants you to be restored. 
Look at what Jesus said just prior to the verses I've read to you. Starting with verse 4. Again, there's that word, remain in me. Remember, I read verse 7 8. He said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. So we're taking it back several verses. See, 7 8, now we're back to 4 to 11. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Sometimes our relationship with the Lord is just enough to get us to heaven, but it's not rich with relationship. My kids could come to my house at any given time and raid the refrigerator. It's okay. They're my kids. And if they did that every day of the week, it would be okay. But if they did that every day of the week and they never sat down and talked to me, it wouldn't be okay. I'm just telling you. It wouldn't work. I want relationship. I want interaction. I want fellowship. And Jesus says, remain in me. And I'll remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. And sometimes our lives are not as fruitful because we haven't spent the time just being with Jesus. Just being with God. See, I, I, I could take 30 minutes out of the church service easily. And we could cut down the worship. And somebody might say, well, why don't you just cut down the preaching? Because I cook the meal and I want to serve it up. <laughs> we, we come here to be with him. And I don't care what the modern church culture is. I don't care. Why is it, you know, if, we, if we're supposed to get more people because we cater to the culture then why didn't Jesus say, go to Jerusalem, go to the upper room, and just stay five minutes, and I'll make sure I hurry up the Holy Ghost so he gets to you. He didn't tell him when the Holy Ghost was coming. He said, you wait. You remain in me. And let my words remain in you. I promise you, I will remain in you. Sometimes branches don't bear much fruit because they're by themselves. You need to remain in me. Church, what am I saying? Let me cut out all the religious lingo. You got to have time, just you and Jesus. You got to have time, just you and God. I understand we live in a busy world, but there comes a point I got to put the world on pause and routinely regularly because I am in relationship with this person, not a force, this person. I pause everyone else and I pause everything else. Look, you see me on a Sunday after I've spent maybe six, anywhere from six to 12 hours praying and reading the word. And you all look at me and think, 
Pastor Rob is so wonderful. I only look good when I spend time with him. And when I haven't spent time with him, I don't look so good. <clears throat> this is a message to the church. Remain in me. Come on. No branch will bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The branches take all of their nutritious health from the vine. The vine is the source, and therefore the branches produce. The life isn't in the branches. You could cut the branch off, and the, the vine will continue to live. The source is in the vine. But because the branches are connected to the vine, the branches produce the fruit. Cut off a branch, some other branch will bear fruit. Cut off all the branches, the vine will live. The branch will not live without the vine. God is our source. And we've got to spend time with him. And when we spend time with him, with Jesus, meditating on the word, just worshiping at home, Giving him our attention. Don't just grab and go. The source of life for the fruitfulness comes from the vine. Spending time with him. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Can I have the next verse? If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, whatever you wish, ask, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory. So we, we sometimes we take verses like 7 and 8, and we say, well, Jesus said that he'll do whatever I ask. And we ask, and we don't always get answers. The question is, are you grabbing and going, or are you sitting and feasting? He wants us to sit and feast. And when I'm in good fellowship with God and I'm not just coming for a quick meal and God do this, God do this, God... God, can you take care of this here? And I'm so busy running my life and not having fellowship with him. He says the branch won't bear as much fruit. Yeah. So I'm going to close with Isaiah chapter 40 because the prophet Isaiah says the same thing that Jesus is saying here. He's saying the same thing that King David says. Don't forget God's benefits. From the fruit of your lips, God will bless you with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Watch this, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. 
They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. And they will walk and they will not faint. Hey, church, can we be old-fashioned enough to build altars in our home and in our personal life where we sit with Jesus and really have relationship with him? Because I love Amber, and I would have no problem if she punched the coat on my door, came in, grabbed a drink, and went on to work. And I'd have no problem if she came in and made a quick lunch and uh, went out and met with some friends. But if she did that all the time, and she never came and spent time with Dad, I think I'd start to feel a little bit annoyed. I'd still love her as my daughter, but it wouldn't be the same. I, I love spending time with my kids. I do. We don't have to do something special. Now, I, I try to be creative, and we do special things. I just love the fellowship. I just love hearing them around me. Now I got grandkids. Boy, do I hear them around me. I don't know how Stephen and Amy did it, but they got three kids, and all three of them are the Energizer Bunny. I, I had three kids. We had three kids, and the two girls, they would play in their bedroom all day, and you didn't have a problem. And then we had a son. And once he could walk and vocalize sounds, he would grab a stick and walk through the hallway, banging the railing, yelling at the top of his voice, ah! And I thought he was demon-possessed. <laughs> what the heck happened? It was, uh, it, and honestly, it, it's funny, but I'm... Absolutely serious. The two girls were just so quiet, so they'd take care of themselves all day. They want to cuddle, sit on our laps. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love hugging kids around the church. Please don't ever misread that. Don't ever make me feel so self-conscious. I can't give the kids a hug. You know, sometimes in their simplicity, Sometimes kids think the pastor is Jesus, you know. And, uh, and that's the furthest thing from the truth. But I, I noticed uh, Jeanette's little girl was sort of following me around church today. And I was straightening the chairs and she's following me around. And I, I enjoy just stopping for a moment and looking at her and giving her a big smile or telling her, you have such a pretty dress. Church, relationship relationship God sees life through the eyes of relationship we have been duped to see life through the eyes of goals mile markers of achievement your greatest achievements are the relationships you build and when we're in relationship with God our lives are blessed blessed it's his joy to see us being fruitful. Can I get an amen? amen. 
Come on, stand with me. Yeah, give the Lord a clap. By the way, Omar, just put on the screen that Hebrew word for wait. This is really cool. I want to send you away with this. The Hebrew word, they that wait upon the Lord, kwava. To wait for, to look for, to be patient, to tarry, to wait for. But what's most important is it comes from a primitive root word. So the base of this word actually means the process of binding together by twisting, like if you're making a cord. When we wait on the Lord, we are becoming infused in his life, and he is becoming infused in our life. And out of that, then the fruits, the, the branches bear much fruit. Amen. Waiting on the Lord. I've been seeing the Spirit of God's been moving in this church, and I believe it's going to continue to move, and we're going to see some really great things. But understand, and this is the key. Everyone hear me. This is my title. The getting, G-E-T-T-I-N-G, the getting is in the waiting. How do my prayers get answered? Because I love God. And I spend time with Him. And He, he answers my quick ones. And sometimes they're grab and go. But I also sit down and have a meal with Him. I enjoy. I want to encourage you. God wants to be relational. Man, please. Don't, don't, don't let Christianity be a, a female thing. It's not. I have never found anyone more gutsy or more powerful than Jesus Christ. And I love the fact that in the churches that God has allowed me to pastor from Australia to here, somehow something that he's put on my life, it's always helped to pull men who would never go to church and they start coming to church and they get involved. Guys, this isn't a sissy thing. God's looking for his sons and his daughters to stand up and be the pillar that society needs. We, we've been duped in America. We think the president is going to make all the difference. At best, they're there for eight years. God put you here for 80. You're going to make more of a difference than the president. And as sons of God and as the church of Jesus Christ, the answer is in us. And if we start to spend time in his presence, God is saying through David, he said through Jesus, he says through Isaiah, that as we spend time with the Father, the fruitfulness that will come out of our lives will greatly increase. You will have power. You will have authority. Your prayers will go straight to heaven and answers will come as you take time to build relationship. The getting is in the waiting.
and the waiting is being bound around him and him being bound around you. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray this isn't my church. You put me here to look after men and women. And you bring them in. And I thank you for such a great honor and a privilege. I pray, Holy Spirit, that they will not hear the sound of my voice, but that they will hear much louder and loudest the heart of the Father. I pray for those who are watching and those that are here. Holy Spirit, continue to stir the hearts of men, women, young people, young couples, teenagers, stir their hearts. Build us into relationship so that we will be pillars that can hold up the kingdom of God. I thank you, Father. You trust us more than we understand. And I thank you. I pray that all of us will come into more relationship with you and that we will not forget the benefits. That you will bless the fruit of our lips when our lips are filled with your word. And you will renew our strength like that of an eagle as we stay in the vine and as we wait on you. Thank you, God, for giving us a blessed life. Thank you, God, for hearing our prayers. Thank you for loving me even more than my earthly dad could love me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for such a great love. And everyone said, amen. Keep your eyes closed. If you don't have this kind of relationship I'm not trying to push religion I'm not even trying to get you into my church I want to get you into Jesus and Jesus into you and if you have never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart it really is childlike simple it really really is he did it all. He says, look, if you will believe on me to the point that you would speak into thin air and believe that I'm there and say, come into my life and take control, I will come in. It doesn't get any simpler than that. We acknowledge we've made mistakes. We've sinned. He's God. He died on the cross for us. And he's alive and he wants to live in us. And if we can make those agreements and conclusions and pray those words, Jesus comes into our lives. So before I dismiss this congregation, and I know there's a lot of hungry people, this is the most important moment because there may be some who will accept Christ. Right now, while every eye is closed, if you want to ask Jesus in your heart, quickly, just raise your hand. Let me see your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Thank you. Up the back. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Who else would like to accept Jesus as their Lord today and say, Jesus, come into my life. I need this. 
I want this. Wow. Praise God. Those of you that are watching by live stream, God bless you. As you raise your hand, the Spirit of God will come into you even there in your living room. I'm going to ask everyone to repeat this prayer after me. It's a simple prayer of asking Jesus to come in our lives. With your eyes closed, dear God, I do believe you love me. And I need you. Jesus Christ, you died on that cross. But you died for me too. And today, I'm asking you, come into my life. Jesus Christ, live in me. Take control. Forgive me of all of my mistakes and sins. And start leading me. Speak to me. Direct me. Guide me. I'm in this for relationship. A relationship with you thank you God for hearing my prayer and thank you Jesus Christ for coming into my heart today amen amen God bless you if you raise your hand I'd love to say hello to you for a couple of minutes I know you might be shy but I'd love to have that opportunity and just connect with you for a moment and to all of you, come on, God's got great things in store for us. Don't let the wind and the waves speak to you about your future. Let's stand in the boat with Jesus and know we're going to the other side. Can I get an agreement? Amen. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you guys next Sunday and be blessed throughout the week. Amen. Amen.